Det er så mye som sies om Midtøsten at jeg har bestemt meg for å reise ned hit for å oppleve det selv. Og Israel er et sammensatt, mangfoldig og bemerkelsesverdig land. En smeltedigel mellom øst og vest. Her er det kristne, jøder og arabere som lever sammen i et demokrati som er over 60 år gammelt. Dette skal bli veldig spennende. Jerusalem, dette samlingspunktet der så mange av verdens trone kommer som pilgrimer og retter blikket utover det rent politiske og materielle. Verden er et kaotisk sted for oss alle. Her møtes vi, uansett etnisk eller religiøs tilhørighet, i håp om et godt liv, om indre fred, både for oss selv og våre barn. I dag skal vi snakke med en kjent diplomat, som blant annet deltok i utarbeidelsen av Oslo-avtalen i 1993. Han tar imot oss på sitt kontor. You have worked in the foreign ministry and as a legal advisor in drafting agreements and peace uh, treaties with countries such as Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon and the Palestinians as well. And you were also participating in the Oslo agreements in um, uh, 93, 1993. What went so terribly wrong with the Oslo agreements? I think it was uh, the, um, first and foremost a lack of will, of political will on the part of the, 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 the Palestinian leadership, uh, Yasser Arafat then, uh, to, to, to follow through and, and uh, fulfill all the, the, the various requirements that he took upon himself. Uh, he, he wasn't able to, it wasn't a lack of, just a lack of will. He, he, wasn't a, he didn't have the support in, the, in the, the, the general Palestinian public to, uh, uh, to sign off on a peace treaty which would have included solving the problems of, of Jerusalem and, and uh, refugee issues, which were very heavy issues. And he told us, he said, look, you know, I'm not the person to, to, to agree uh, to some compromise regarding Jerusalem, because otherwise uh, my head will be chopped off within a few days. There were such high hopes in Norway at the time that uh, we as a nation would be able to, to uh, help with the peace in Jerusalem. And the hopes were so shattered in the aftermath. Look, Norway played a very important part in, in the process. The, you know, the fact that it's called the Oslo uh, peace process says something about the, the importance and the important role that Norway played. I'm very disappointed and frustrated that, 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 that Norway uh, ultimately um, 
changed its, its, its orientation and its position and uh, basically it itself undermined its own agreements. How so? Oslo being one of the hosts, one of the, the, the serious uh, um, actors in the process uh, to, to come along and, and, and take a, a position undermining the, the agreement uh, left a message to all the others saying, well, look, if the Norwegians can do it, then, then who are we not to do it? Is it correct to say that the borders were never even established in a proper way between uh, the Palestinians and Israel, thinking about the West Bank prior to this? Well, true. There, there were never any borders, and the issue of borders has been and still is one of the issues for the permanent status negotiations. The parties have agreed, which is all the more annoying when uh, um, the United Nations and, and other countries, and, and Norway included, call, upon, call for a, a Palestinian state within the 1967 borders. There's no such thing as the 1967 borders. The borders have never been agreed upon. And, and I would have expected from Norway to, to, to respect this, uh, this position, but, but it didn't. Norway's position is that it tends to view the main problem uh, in the conflict uh, to be Israel occupying the West Bank. The, the, this whole concept, the, the, the term that we hear from the United Nations and from all the various European countries, including the Scandinavian countries, of occupied Palestinian territory, OPT, which has become lingua franca. You know, nobody really thinks about it, but there's never been any international treaty, international agreement, international resolution or decision that declares these territories to be Palestinian. This is the whole issue of the Oslo Accords. The Oslo Accords say that the final status, the permanent status, has to be determined by negotiations. The, the, the Oslo Accords call upon, uh, you know, the parties agree to acknowledge each other's historic and political rights. But by prejudging this and saying, well, these are Palestinian, these are occupied Palestinian territories, so everybody has already decided that, that this belongs to the Palestinians and the Israelis have stolen it, which is completely wrong and misleading. And I can only interpret this as being some type of manipulation and abuse of the goodwill of the Scandinavian countries, and Norway especially, uh, or the, a lack of understanding, but uh, this issue is open. Israel has got very serious rights. The Jewish people have got rights since the time of Jesus and before the time of Jesus. And the mere fact that Jesus was born Jewish, lived as a, a Jewish teacher and rabbi, and died Jewish, uh, is, is proof of the fact that the Jews were here then. And so to claim that, 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 that the Jews have got no rights to this territory or that Israel has got no rights, uh, historic or legal rights to this territory, is just misconceived, misunderstood and, and, and wrong.
tempelplassen, dette majestetiske stedet midt i Israels hovedstad, Jerusalem, er et religiøst så vel som et historisk sentrum, mens unge soldater får undervisning om stedets betydning, beveger vi oss mot et av reisens arkeologiske høydepunkt. På baksiden av muren har jødene gjort utgravninger fra Herodes og Jesu tid og dokumentert den historiske utviklingen. Vi skal se på spektakulære funn fra flere tusen år tilbake i tid. Vi går lenger og lenger nedover i bakken. Det blir mørkere, og man kjenner kulden fra de underjordiske gangene. Det er massive utgravninger her som forteller historiene fra fortiden. Today we're frustrated because we see even second and third generation Muslims, for example, that we assumed would be assimilated by now. Uh, they are the ones actually going to jihad and choosing some of this suicide culture. What is it with Islam that, that makes Muslims keep the value system? The question shouldn't be, what is it with Islam? Islam has never changed. Islam is the same that it always was 100, 200, 500 years ago. This whole philosophy of, of establishing the, the Islamic Caliphate uh, that existed in Spain, that existed in Europe, it existed throughout, throughout the world, uh, they haven't changed. The, the problem is the, the naivety of you, of the Europeans, of the Western world. And, and it's a naivety that stems from from the fact that you're liberal and you're nice and you're pleasant and you, and you want and you think that this is the, 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 the way of life that everybody wants. And this is in Europe, this is in London, this is in Sweden, this is in Norway, uh, this is in Canada, this is in the United States. And, and um, you all assume that, that, that they prefer to live with your values, but it's incorrect. And this is the same everywhere, throughout the Western world, throughout Europe. You don't read about it in the United States, you don't hear about how many Muslims and how many fundamentalist Muslims there are in the United States, and I don't know why, but the number is growing. It's growing in Canada, and, and, and it's become huge in, in, in Europe. It is worrying to speak to scholars of Islam today, even on the left-wing side, 
because they say so openly that traditional Islam is not compatible with the freedoms of democracy and the liberal democracy. Uh, would you agree with yeah, that? Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Look, when I was ambassador to Canada, I was asked by many uh, members of parliament, why don't you people just negotiate with Hamas? Uh, why, you know, what's the problem? Everything can be negotiated. The problem is that negotiating with Hamas is negotiating with uh, Islam. It's negotiating with the writings of Muhammad. God can't compromise. And they consider uh, Allah and they consider Muhammad, the prophet of Allah, uh, whose words are holy, uh, they are what bind their way of life. And there's no way of compromising. And so uh, the West has to accept what they want. Now, the Australians have said something very interesting. The Australians have said to the Muslims in Australia, either you adapt your values to the Australian way of life, and accept the way we live, or get up and leave. Because you have 22, 23 Muslim countries where you can live your own way of life. If you want to be Australian, then you have to adapt yourself to the Australian liberal way of life, the Australian democracy, uh, the, the, the liberal religious uh, uh, practices. You can't dictate your values to the Australian public. Now, if this were to be said by Scandinavian countries, by European countries, it, it would probably be very important, but I'm not sure whether it's not too late. Certainly in, in Malmo and various other towns in, in, in Sweden, uh, they, they wouldn't be able to, to say this anymore because, because they, they, they've more or less taken over uh, uh, the, the, the social scene, the same in, in the Netherlands as well. There are parts of the Netherlands that have become completely uh, Muslim. Considering how the ghettos are forming in Europe and how such different systems of values collide, do you foresee civil wars or large ethnic clashes and religious clashes in the years to come in Europe? Look, I, I, I think what's happening now with ISIS and the fact that the British and the French and the Chinese and others are, are so fearful of the fact that once their fighters leave Syria and, and, and Iraq and come back home, they'll start uh, uh, being violent in their home countries. And this has already happened in China. You know, groups have come to, to Tiananmen Square and blown up, uh, uh, suicide bombers have blown up a car in, in the middle of Tiananmen Square. And, and this has happened in, in Britain and, and it's happening elsewhere in Europe. And, and this is what everybody fears. And uh, I don't know whether it will amount to a civil war, but, but this is certainly the intention of ISIS. Uh, um, I have a map that I'll be very happy to show you that I pulled off the, the, the web showing how ISIS plans to take over large sections of the world. When looking at the horrible atrocities that uh, we have heard about from Syria uh, and Iraq 
and the enormous amounts of people that are executed, beheaded, uh, you know, have, hundreds of thousands have had to flee. Uh, statistics now with six million refugees in Syria, and many of them belonging to the Christian minorities, the, the Shia sects, and all this coming from then dominantly, predominantly Sunni groups uh, makes you understand what a difficult situation Israel is as a Jewish minority in this region. Look, you're right, but as I, as I, as I told you, I said, unfortunately, the, 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 the world seems to look at what's happening in Israel on, on, a, on a different standard as what's happening everywhere else. And, and they, they, they don't realize that, that Israel is, is the front line of what's going to happen everywhere else. But, but they don't realize this. And, and I think it stems from a, a hostility towards uh, Israel, towards the Jewish people, uh, that, that prevents them from, from looking at it by the same standard. They have a double standard. What's happening between Israel and the Palestinians is one thing, and what's happening everywhere else is another thing. You see this in the United Nations. You see this in the United Nations Human Rights Council that, that view Israel as one agenda item and the whole of the world as another agenda item. And it's, it's, it's hypocrisy. It's international hypocrisy. And, and tragically, it's, it's based, in my opinion, both on economic interests, oil interests, but also on, on anti-Semitism. It, it, it's a traditional tendency, without even thinking, to, to blame the Jews for everything that's happening. And, and unfortunately, it's true, and I, I really believe this, that we're blamed for everything that's happening. And there are people who are blaming us for, for, for the Twin Towers of collapsing, and there are people that are blaming us for, uh, uh, for the rise of ISIS. And, and we even hear from the Secretary of State of the United States, Mr. Kerry, who, who connects the, 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 the fact that ISIS has become a huge problem to the fact that the Israeli-Palestinian issue hasn't been settled. This is absurd. This is really absurd. How can he be allowed to say that? But he said it, and if he says it, then the Europeans will certainly uh, accept it and go along with it. Vi står nå og betrakter en del av klagemøren 
og se på en av de steinene som kong Herodes satte på plass her. Og den er over 2000 år gammel, og den er så lang som helt bort til der hvor den mannen står, og veier rundt 600 tonn. Og dette minner oss om de gamle Egypterne og deres kunster, om hvordan de var i stand til å lage pyramidene, og helt utrolige mesterverk arkitektonisk. The U.S. and Europe seem to have the past years followed an ideological approach uh, to the Middle East in hoping to implement democracy and human rights in the Arab countries, which uh, has failed uh, so drastically in the Arab Spring. To what extent do you think Henry Kissinger's new point in his book World Order is correct when he says that Peace will be reached only when there is realism and when there is respect for sovereign uh, countries again in the Middle East. I agree. I agree absolutely. Um, and uh, as I said, this, this whole concept of the Arab Spring, which is a, a, a term invented in, by the Europeans, it's, it's wishful thinking. It's how they would like to see this change in the Arab world. But, but they're, they're blind to actually what's happening. Look at what happened in Egypt, this, this terrible situation. Look at what's happening in Iraq and in Syria and in Libya and, and, and uh, uh, the Sudan and, and elsewhere. They, they, you know, they, they think that they can see this in, in spectacles of, of Arab Spring and they're not seeing what's happening. And they, they, what's even worse is they're not seeing that, that this is now reverberating into their own Western countries and Western societies. And, and, and this is, 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 is the big mistake. And so Kissinger is correct. They have to become realistic. They have to accept that Iraq is not built to have a democratic regime. It, it, it prefers to have some type of dictatorial regime. The same with Libya, uh, the same with Egypt. And look, Egypt has taken full circle. Sadat and Mubarak, and, and, and then they, they, they had the revolution, and, and the, the Islamic Brotherhood came in and made things very difficult. And then General Sisi came back, and he's now become uh, uh, the, the sole leader of Egypt. And he's brought back the same type of dictatorship, which is what the Egyptian people obviously want. So this is the same everywhere else in the Middle East. And, and the Western world should respect this and should encourage this and should adapt their own positions in the same way. What would be the solution in order to achieve lasting peace in the Middle East? It's very difficult for me to answer that question. Uh, this is the $64,000 question that, 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 that everybody is asking. I think to a large extent it's, it's an issue of mutual uh, recognition. But also a lack of... of uh, and also it requires that the international community stop interfering. The fact that the British Parliament, the fact that the, 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 the Swedish uh, uh, Prime Minister the fact that the United Nations keeps adopting resolutions which are based purely on political and economic interests. You know, the economic interests, the oil 
is still a very serious factor. Qatar, which is a country that supports terrorism, that finances Hamas, maintains a U.S. base on its territory and so influences U.S. policy. Uh, and it influences European policy. And now they want the Olympic Games or the World Cup in, in, in Qatar. And this is all based on their own oil uh, uh, finances that, 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 that push uh, the, the opinions of Western countries. Uh, um, this, this won't bring about peace. Uh, peace has to come about as a result of the fact that the peoples living in the Middle East have to accept one another. Look, Israel is composed of Muslims and Jews and Christians, but the predominant part of the Muslim population live peacefully with Jews, with Israelis. We get on with each other, we respect each other, and those who aren't influenced by these external uh, influences, whether from uh, extreme fanatical religious movements or from the United Nations and the interference by the Western countries. Uh, uh, otherwise, if, if we could manage our own affairs without them interfering, I, I think we'd probably reach a, a, a peaceful uh, solution, mutual acknowledgement of our rights, mutual recognition of how we want to live together far more quickly than, than will happen. Because every time the UN comes with another resolution, uh, uh, which is a political resolution, it's not binding, it doesn't oblige anybody, but it expresses the opinion of the international community, they're interfering, they're prejudging a situation which has to be the result of a negotiation and not imposed by them. And this, this the, the failure of colonialism, that this, you know, it's indicative of what's happened throughout history, that the international community has tried to impose its own values and solutions on the Middle East and on other countries, and they've failed time after time after time. And now they're failing again. The only difference is now, with ISIS, they're going to face a huge problem on their own soil. Jeg ber for Jerusalem med tildekket hode her inne ved det punktet ved tempelmuren som er det nærmeste vi kommer det som en gang var det aller helligste. Gud er stor og her i stillheten stilner alt i mig i beundring og ærefrykt for skaperen og alt som han står for. Jeg ber, gi oss fred mellom folkeslagene og fred i Jerusalem igjen. La oss elske hverandre slik du elsket oss.